listening to Enjoy an Album, the podcast where two comedians listen to the top 500 greatest albums of all time. Join Album Podcast, um, presented by Cinch. Um, have you seen? Have you seen? You're looking confused. Cinch. Well, it just feels like within the last six months, absolutely everything that's happening in the world is being sponsored by Cinch. Based on the last couple of things that have been happening in the world, this podcast is sponsored by Raytheon. They've got money to spare. Yeah, Let's not talk about World War Three. Let's talk about. You told me someone stole your shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone stole my fucking shoes. So, um, you've been to my, you've been to uh, Arancini Towers, right? Well, I could have told you about this because to me, I, I it was an accident waiting to happen with your shoe situation. To be honest with you, D- no did offense. you actually think that before? I would never leave my shoes outside my house. Sometimes you go into a flat and in the close in the stairwell, people leave their shoes a so little wreck. We've got like a shoe rack outside our front door where we put. I mean, we walk. I walk the dog, so I got muddy shoes. So, we all walk, bro. So no, not all people. Uh, no well, you don't walk in a muddy park every morning, do you? Yeah, most days I do. No, you don't. You don't park. walk in a muddy park every morning. Of course you don't. Not Why would morning. you lie about that? What a stupid... No, I do, I do, I do. I'll go to the park and, you know... And you walk, the in, the mud. you walk in the mud? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's been raining, <laughs> I will walk through the mud, even though I don't have a dog. You just, people like you who think only people who walk through the, 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 the mud are dog people. All right, I don't... I don't need a dog to walk through the mud. Did you walk through the mud this morning? No. Right. I was getting ready. I was preparing. I was listening to this record, unlike some people. Anyway. Anyway, we... Well, I've lived here for two years. Yes. It's a nice building. There's never any crime in the building, from what I know. No, no. Or if there is, it's white-collar crime. Yeah. And then last night, I went to go to the Sainsbury's. Here was my mistake. Here was the error. Let's hear it. Um, I have got some newer trainers, and they're designer. But the thing is, they weren't expensive. So basically, I have very wide feet. I have to buy specialist trainers because my feet are so wide. Mm-hmm. Big fat f- frog feet. Listen, not everything has to be a competition, right? But I honestly think my feet are probably wider than yours are. Well, do you have do you have to buy special trainers online? I should have to. I don't because I'm not a little. Baby who moans about it, but I don't So you just wear shoes that don't fit through the mud. Yes. You are My so full life, of shit yes. today. All right. Well, so, I mean, I'm, new, I hear your story. New Balance sell oh, okay, cool. their trainers in a wide fit, but uh, they sell out immediately because... The Baggins good. collection. <laughs> so I only... <laughs> anyway, I got them on, on sale for 30 quid. It's only 30 quid New Balance <laughs> trainers. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But I left them out of the close, and then I went to go to Sainsbury's last night, and my initial thought was, where's my bloody wife moved the trainers? You know what wives are like? Moving stuff, cleaning. What the hell? What the like? But it turns out someone has stolen my new New Balance. And they're going to be gutted if they've got regular-sized feet. Yeah. All that extra space, the width, they didn't consider that. Wondering what kind of hobbits live in on the, the floor you live on, yeah. Jesus. Hobbiton. Don't dox me, man. I live in Hobbiton. Listen, I said this to... I came back from the shops, uh, barefoot, and uh, and I said to Lauren, look, 
if someone needs to steal shoes, mm-hmm. then that person is obviously uh, in a lot of pain in one way or another. And that or, and that gives me great comfort. <laughs> or they're a student who went, look at those shoes. I wouldn't mind a pair of shoes like that myself. Why don't you take them? It's so random. It'll be so random just to take some shoes. Yeah, they're in, they're in great pain if they think that's good. <laughs> they're not in pain. They are. They, they are, are in just... pain. They have empty hollow lives. Animals, man. And they have Children empty, are em- they've got empty hollow trainers trying to put fucking wide feet <laughs> shoes on their normal... Vanilla feet. That's what I'm. That's what I'm gonna start calling people with regular sized feet. Vanilla feet. Here's a new segment for the show, uh, listener, dear listener. Uh, right before you give us a good review on Apple Music or Spotify, right before you like and share the social media stuff, do us a wee favour. Messages tell us how wide you think Liam's feet are in inches, and whoever gets the closest, we will. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's gonna attract the wrong kind of attention. Ooh. One of those tapes. Well, I don't want to end up on Wiki Feet. <laughs> you could go on that website. We found out uh, <laughs> what kind of face shape that <laughs> Sam Cook has. Remember that website that was like uh, he has no tattoos, he has a round body, round belly, and all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I forgot the guy's name, but uh, great bit in my head before I said it. This has been one of the best intros we've ever done. So let's crack on with the episode. Thanks as ever to Eddie Ting, um, our main man in the editing box, uh, who makes all of this sound. Okay. Since the last episode, I have met Eddie Ting for the first time since we started the podcast. And it was an absolute thrill, an absolute treat. We had a nice drink in um, that hip bar. Flying Duck. Flying Duck. Used to be a student bar, now it's a mad vegan wank fest, but that's my type of place. And there was a hardcore punk show going on in the room next door, and before you came in, Eddie looked at me and said, Chris will be wanting in there, wouldn't he? And then you came in and went, I want to go in there. (laughs) And we all had a great laugh. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Enjoy the episode. Uh, Thanks so much for your your continued listenership. Um, Feel free to share it on Instagram stories via Spotify. Um, or any other manner in which you'd like to share. Yeah. Um, continue to tell your pals about what a fun fun time you have with Enjoy an Album. We hope you enjoy an episode, and we'll see you later on. Enjoy an episode. Enjoy an album. what Rolling Stone magazine had to say about Anthology by Diana Ross and the Supremes. In the heyday of Motown, the Supremes were their own hit factory. All glamour and heartbreak, Diana Ross and her girls ruled the radio with tunes from the Motown brain trust of Holland, Dozier and Holland. The Supremes could blaze with confidence, as in, come see about me. Or they sound elegantly morose, as in, my world is empty without you, and where did our love go? But in Love is Like an Itching in My Heart, when Miss Ross gulps, there ain't nothing I can do about it. It's a spine-tingling moment. Wow. What a, what a thing to say. Yeah? Yeah. Did you agree with that? I would say that uh, 
maybe the maybe they're talking about the wrong songs there. I mean, it's, 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 but that's the thing with this album; it's a fifty-track anthology, so. two and a half hours. Um, yeah, and and you'll notice they don't talk about it as an album because it's not. It's not an album. Let's just, this is let's the just talk about this right right now. Let's get this out let's of the fucking way. It. It's not an album. It's two and a, it's every basically every Diana Ross and the Supreme song. Mm-hmm. You could get the twelve best songs on here, <laughs> put them in there. I'd rather you had greatest hits, twelve songs of which you could easily do because there are easily twelve amazing pop songs on this record. Oh yeah, big team. Then go. Here's all of their songs. We just want to put Diana Ross and the Supremes in somewhere, so just have all of their songs. Fucking idiotic. Yeah. I mean, it's like, A, this isn't the 500 greatest anthologies of all time. Well, yeah, let's We're just not... have it. Let's have it. All, all music by all good people. <laughs> Why are we putting on 10 different fucking Beatles albums? Why don't you just put Beatles box set? Number one. Yeah. Yeah. The 500 greatest albums of all time. And number one, all music. <laughs> If you saw that on your article, uh, Pitchfork has gave the entirety of music a 6.7. <laughs> I think that's fair enough. There's a lot of bad yeah. stuff out there. That's bringing down the average. That makes sense. Um, um, yeah, so, I mean, I we had an extra week with this one because um, we had to delay due to some um, life stuff happening. So, thank God, because <laughs> it's two and a half hours. It's so hard... Do you know, I, I, I try and listen to the albums like a good few times throughout the week in different scenarios and settings, walking to my gig, sat at my computer, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to go, right, I'm going to listen to this for two and a half. <coughs> I sneezed. I'm going <laughs> to listen to this for two and a half hours. I'm allergic to this album. And another thing that annoyed me was that it's not even like, it's not all-encompassing. Do you know what I mean? It's not all-encompassing because... It's just Diana Ross and the Supremes. Like, the Supremes went on for, like, a decade and a half sh- after this they, album they sugar, they sugar babes it with, like, rotating lineups and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then Diana Ross kept making stuff as, like, a solo singer. Well, Diana Ross has an album later on in the list. Are you kidding on? No. <laughs> so the whole... The whole right. Let's just, from the off, say, the whole episode's a joke. This is an absolute mess. I'm starting to think that the curators of this list didn't think about this podcast at all they should have thought about it because we are not the first person to do this we weren't we weren't contacted <laughs> ask for our opinions it's disgraceful man anthology and also i and not not to bring up the old argument of the tabulation of the list but the idea that anyone sat there and went what's your favorite album of all time anthology shut up <laughs> And it's like they—it's not like they were in an album band. They had like six number one albums. Mm-hmm. You could have put on Holland, Doja Holland. You could have put on uh, a bit of Liverpool, the Beatles covers album. Yep. If you want to get both of them in, you could have had all sorts. Let's and we could have boot, pushed out some of the weak shit on the list. No, yep. let's delete John Mayer and then have two <laughs> Supremes albums. Boom. Although, did you see that King John Mayer shit I sent you on Twitter? Yes. He showed up to uh, play Madison Square Garden, one of the uh, most preeminent venues in American musical history. His guitarist had COVID. 
so he just played a solo acoustic set. Wow, that is absolute. Imagine slow dancing in a burning room to that. Wow. The room will be burning if I had to sit there fucking listening to that for too long. <laughs> the Madison Square Gardens will be on fire pretty quickly. Slowly killing people. People losing in a their shit. Room. It's like, oh, what? So hang on. What's the story here? He, instead of playing electric guitar, he played an acoustic set. <laughs> so the fuck what? You ever seen a Tiny Desk concert? Shut the fuck up. A Tiny Desk concert works because it's a Tiny Desk. It's not Madison Square Tiny Desk. But you think he's the best person playing an acoustic guitar? Yeah, he's the best person. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, I'm so big. No, this is the best person. <laughs> oh, so who'd you heard of the Supremes? Yeah, it's Dinah Ross. <laughs> Supremes. It's Motown. Motown, it, I, I would often put on Motown as good sort of pre-gig music, you know? Um... Scottish comedy star Susie McCabe is a big uh, believer in using Motown as walk-on music because it makes the crowd feel very happy as they come. Yeah, in. I mean, not not just walk-on music, just getting in music. There's so many. That's what she, that's what I mean. Yeah. There's so many hits that people just make people happy. Like even the even the sad songs, like they're so sing-alongable, um, mm-hmm. which is a word I just invented. No, it's good. Um, so yeah, it's fucking it's Donna Ross, of course. Like you know, there's gonna be no one listening to this who hasn't heard of Diana Ross or at least some of the songs that we're gonna talk about. Like you know, it's... these are these are baked into your heart if you've been alive on this godless rock, yeah. for at least twenty years. Totally. So yeah, I'd heard of her, um, and and I was kind of interested. Like you know, I was just annoyed about the length. We have to make this clear. I don't know if I've made it clear. We are annoyed that we had to listen to two and a half hours. And I'm not someone of... who complains about film lengths, which I think is something that is becoming more and more... Film should all be 90 minutes. Some films should be three hours, all right? Some films should be as long as the person needs them to be. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so I don't hate all long things. Some books are huge, and they deserve yeah. to be huge. But although do you know what I was in, I've I've been spending a lot of time in train stations recently, and I love a W H Smith bookshop section. Really, but there's this book out just now mm. called A Short Life, and it's fucking it's it's huge, man. Do you mean uh, it's like you, how short is this life? Do you mean a little life? A little life, yeah. Yeah, that's from a few years. It's ago. not a little book. It's by Hanya Yanagihara. It's one of the best books I've ever read, and it absolutely deserves to be as long as it is. Call it a long life. You would love it. A big life. It's entirely. It's just. It's so heartbreaking that book. It's one of my favourite books ever. If you're looking for a book recommendation, check out A Little Life by Hannah Yanagihara. It is so heartbreaking that if I see someone reading it in public, I have to take <laughs> a moment and go and not cry. Uh-huh. Like sometimes you're me and Lauren will be out and we'll see book. someone reading it, and she'll look at me and go, "Oh for God's sake, he's gonna start crying. He's gonna start blabbering over here. <laughs> Got this bloody book out." <laughs> Yeah, A Little Life. It's huge. That was exactly the book I was thinking about when I was saying some things deserve to be that long. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. We've got that uh, Pacific Rim shit going on. What? Uh, no, that's a film I haven't seen because it's, it's longer than 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, these guys invent a way of piloting robots mm. to fight monsters. Oh, that's the sort of but thing the, I'm into, yeah. The, <laughs> the pilots have their brains linked. It's Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It's essentially Rock'em Sock'em Robots plus Godzilla plus uh, Pan's Labyrinth. It, is it Guillermo del Toro who made it? He made a robot yeah, film, I didn't he? Yeah, I believe so, yeah, All yeah. Right. Okay. 
I like him. Yeah, it's actually an artistic big robot fighting film. Yeah, you is clunk. it? Clunk. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's about connection, human connection. You wouldn't. You're so tied up in your fucking art house shirt <laughs> blouse, man. Why don't you just take it off and fucking watch robots fight, man? Yeah, maybe I should. Right, D- Diana Ross and of. the Supremes. Um, let's get into it. Jingle, please. Secret Pacho, Secret Secret Pacho, you do it fast and it feels like Nacho, got no money, you got us, bro, Secret Pacho. No Secret Pacho this week, Dana Ross was brought up in a housing project in Detroit with six siblings. Dude, no Pacho. Um, it's the same housing project that Smokey Robinson lived in, um, which will become relevant as the, the, the show progresses. Um, some information on her background. Uh, Diana Ross's great-grandmother had been a slave um, who became a midwife after the Civil War, which is pretty fucking, you know. I don't know. When you hear stuff like that, it's just a reminder of how close, like, even generationally, we all are to, like, some of the worst things that have ever happened. You know what I mean? Like, slavery is what? So, Diana Ross, I mean, is what? Three generations above us? So, six generations away. Yeah. It's fucked up to think about. It is. Very fucked up to think about <laughs> slavery. It's a terrible thing. Obviously, still going on in the world today. Yeah, um, she had uh, lots of normal jobs. Um, she worked at Hudson's Department Store, Diana Ross, where she was the first black employee allowed outside the kitchen. Fuck's sake, man! So there you go, three generations down from from slave- slavery, and uh, still segregated. And segregation was still going on. Uh, she used to cut her neighbor's hair for extra cash. Um, so yeah, pretty, you know, pretty rough ends. I mean, we're talking, yeah. we're talking about Detroit here. Like that, that's Motown for anyone who's unaware comes from Detroit as in motor town. It was the, um, the industrial bleeding heart of car, uh, beating heart even of, of car production. Yeah. If you were to check out a great documentary about, uh, Motown, uh, Motor City, Detroit, it's called Eight Mile. It's about a struggling rapper mm. um, who attempts to get into the rap industry. I, I I haven't watched that in years, but I I think it's quite good that film, isn't it? I think it's like, yeah, I think it's, it's class. Yeah, I think it's like surprisingly fucking shit. He's weak. Mom's are heavy. I got sweater on my chest. Mom's are nevy. All that stuff. Mom's are nevy. Yeah, man. I said, is it wasn't that the the breed of of people in fucking Avatar? A navy. Yeah, your mom's a navy. Yeah. Mom's a navy plugging her hair in a dragon. <laughs> Remember that bit? I haven't seen Avatar either. I think I'd like it. <laughs> I don't know if you would. I'm gonna, should we do an Avatar 8 Mile double bill in an Album? Let's hire out the cameo picture house. Let's get uh, What's the Script, an Album, quadruple bill, the same way Two Vegan Idiots and that podcast they're collaborating with just now. Paul McCaffrey's and Sean Walsh's and just get a big four Scottish podcast. Thing. All men, oh, man. all men, <laughs> four men together. Four men, one Do you navy. Think that's so meaningful these days, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Supremes were from also from the housing projects in in um, in Detroit as well. So we're talking about four mm-hmm. working class women. Uh, Detroit and Glasgow, very very similar places. Elaborate. Post-industrial towns, the shipyards, the steelworks, the motor 
Podcast. Yeah, I mean, I would say Dagenham's closer to Detroit, considering that was... Hey, why would you say that? Have you thought about it? Well, well, Dagenham was the home of the Ford factory. It was the... Oh, that's... Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I've out-Motowned you. How's that feel? You have? Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> um, quick fun fact. Did you know about the story of Diana Ross and Gene Simmons from Kiss? I know you're a big Kiss fan. What? I'm a big Kiss head. So, uh... I didn't know they knew each other. They dated. What? When? Before they were famous? No, when they were, you know... Oh, yeah. When they were... In the 70s? Yeah, right? But, um, so, here's how it happened. This is great. Gene Simmons was dating Cher. Whoa. And then Cher... It was coming up to Christmas, right? (laughs) And so, Gene Simmons says to Cher, I don't know what to buy for Christmas. And Cher is like... Mm -hmm. Ask Diana Ross. Me and Diana are great friends. Oh, no. So Gene Simmons went out shopping with Diana Ross, fell in love with her, and then left Cher for Diana. And Diana and Cher never spoke again. Can I just say, that is so Gene Simmons, man. Classic Gene. He's got that big old tongue and he's putting it everywhere, man. Yeah, man. In everybody's pies. Talk about kiss. Talking about kissing. Yeah. No one did they call this band kiss? They meant a bloody kiss and he was dead running around kissing people. He loves kissing, that fucking freak. (laughs) And also, I believe he is... uh, just like Freddie Mercury, a great example of Middle Eastern men making their way in the rock industry. And when are Kiss going to show up in this podcast? I can't wait for that episode, man. I'm not sure they do. We fucking better. Destroyer? Going to name the original Supremes. We had Florence Ballard, Mary Wilson and Barbara Martin. They mm-hmm. were uh, in a group called the, the Primettes. So at the time, you sort of had you had a, the the male version of bands, were well, the primes, yeah, and then the female version would be the the primates, and they were like this much sort of like Spider Man and Spider Girl. Is that a thing? There's a Spider Girl, a Spider Woman, Scarlet Spider. There's all oh, there's like ten of them. Man. I think there's too many. Spider Gwen just showed up. Gwen Stacy, alternate universe version of. I mean, come on. So anyway, the, the Primates um, would show up at Hitsville, USA, which I think is the coolest studio name. It sounds like yeah. a fake, uh, we're after Hitsville, USA. It sounds like a metaphor, you know. Those boys are after Hitsville, USA. Or whether they're called, no, like a real place, not just the, an imaginary place that you expect successful You could go to, to Hitsville Studios. The, the house has been bought and turned into a History of Motown Museum. Wow. Which I would love That's to good. go to, actually. Did you see... Speaking about places that have been turned into things, did you see that they've took over the hotel room from Scarface and they've made it a pharmacy? Really? Now, does that not just tell you everything you need to know about the corrupt US pharmacy? Yeah, drug pushers. Who's the biggest drug dealer? Uncle Sam, perhaps? Wow. Satire is indeed not dead. (laughs) Keeping it alive in this country. So um, um, the the primates, as they were at the time, they would hang out at Hitsville, um, and they basically were just, they were young, they were in their teens, and they were like, they would always just try and sing around Berry Gordy. Berry Gordy is like the, basically the grandfather of Motown. Um, and, I believe he was Marvin Gaye's brother-in-law. Yeah, and uh, occasionally they would um, get to like appear in the background. So they appeared in the background of Marvin Gaye's records, like just doing like... <laughs> and maybe the... Mm-hmm. Occasional back and What's your favourite hand clap in all the music? The one I just did. Right now. Clap, 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 
Hey Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind. Hey Mickey, yeah, that one? yeah, yeah, that's my favourite. What's uh, what's yours? Um, Queens of the Stone Age, R.I.P. Mark Lanagan, mm. uh, rated R by Queens of the Stone Age. If you go through the liner notes, there is hand claps from Jack Black on uh, Feel Good Hit of the Summer. They got him in that's just such to a do. Sexy song, I love that song. Yeah, it's that I wanna make it. No, that's Make It With You. Oh, what's Feel Good Hit of the Summer? Feel Good Hit of the Summer is. Vicodine, uh, Vicodine, marijuana, ecstasy, alcohol. So feel that good here. That's not as sexy then. No, it's good because it's. Cocaine. I can't believe I said, is this feel good here in the summer and then sang a song that the lyrics are the same as the title? Yeah. Make it with you is sexy music. I wanna make it. I wanna make out with you. Um, so Barry Gordy um, saw the the primates and uh, and said, "Don't like the name. No, we're gonna terrible give, name. We're gonna give you a new name." And they went through a bunch, and they went through. They've ended up with the Supremes. None of the the girls liked the name the Supremes. I don't like it really. It kind of brings to me the mind the uh, white supremacy. You know, people talk about being, things being supreme. Makes me think about supremacy. Makes me think about racial fucking. Do you think that was a? Um, do you think that was an issue when people were looking at these three young black women that they confused them for white supremacists? <laughs> I don't think it was an issue. I'm just saying, it's almost like oh, you think oh, you know, David. What's the name of the guy? David. The, David the, Duke. The David Duke. It's almost as if they're saying, "Hey, David Duke, you think you're fucking supreme? You got three of the best singers in the world right here, the Black Beatles." I think about that before you start saying all your KKK shit because we're actually fucking class, which I think is great. So, um, they, they, I mean, they, they, Diana Ross was in the Supremes. That that was them. They were the Supremes. Um, mm-hmm. And then Barry Gordy started dating Diana Ross. Um, and Diana Ross was obviously the, the best voice. So then that uh, that's that's up for the bit. They that's experimented the with like names. It was the Supremes with Diana Ross, and, and they ended up on. Um, I think album two was Diana Ross and the Supremes. Florence Bollard was not a fan of that. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, well, that was so the beginning, of the end for Florence Ballard, who um, got a bit annoyed with Diana Ross becoming the focal point. Um, she developed a drinking problem, um, which means she could no longer fit into the costumes um, and would sometimes not turn up or would turn up drunk. Uh, Gordy, uh, Barry Gordy. Asked, uh, didn't fire her, but asked her to quit. Mm-hmm. So she quit temporarily and was replaced by someone called Cindy Birdsong. Great second name. But Cindy Birdsong, it, they discovered, was still on a contract to be in this other band. So they said, okay, Florence Ballard, come back. So they brought Florence Ballard back and they toured. Mm-hmm. But secretly, as soon as Cindy Birdsong's contract ran out, Birdsong mm-hmm. was going to replace Ballard. So Birdsong secretly came on the tour as well to watch them every night so that she could learn their dance moves and how the show worked. And one day Ballard discovered an extra pair of like costumes in the backstage and was like, who the fuck is this for? Turns mm-hmm. out it's for Sydney, Cindy Birdsong. So Ballard got... How easy would they have been if we went? It's uh, just in case you get a hole in one. Yeah, it's a spare. <laughs> spare why, have you ri- yeah. why have you written... Cindy's name. What have you stitched Cindy's name into the back? Oh, uh, I, oh, oh, yeah, it's hard actually. I couldn't, I couldn't be the costume guy for the Supreme yeah. that much. 
Uh, the mental layers you have to come up with. So Ballard um, found this, got wasted, went on stage, and a bit of a controversial w- wardrobe malfunction. Um, her, uh-huh. her stomach was revealed on stage. You can't see this listener, but Chris has covered his mouth. He's aghast. No, song. I'm not aghast as in how dare she get her belly out. I'm just saying for the time, the idea of being in a girl group and being glamorous and then your belly pops out. I mean, God. Yeah, so um, she was... Nowadays, she, it's good for your career when your belly comes out, you know. She was sacked. Um, she tried a solo career a few years later. It, it She tried to sue Motown. Mm-hmm. Um, she fell into poverty and she died from of coronary thrombosis at the age of 32. It's no age. Well, I mean, it's my age. Yeah. Yeah. Coronary thrombosis is like, I think, a blood clot causing a stroke, I think is what happens. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's pretty fucking tragic. Um, Some people say that Diana drove her to death. No one says that. Some people do say that. Who says that? Just people on YouTube. That's a horrendous thing to say. Speaking of people on YouTube, it's time for... Unhinged YouTube comments. You've got one this week. I've got one this week. Uh, basically, it's an interview with Diana Ross on British TV. And she's been interviewed by a kind of famous guy at the time whose name was Russell. And Fanny Craddock, 99, has said, Russell died many years ago. And he was gay, but was not the best interviewer. <laughs> I mean, he's dead and he was gay, <laughs> but he wasn't a good interviewer. Just doesn't seem like this. I mean, you look, you look at interviewers nowadays. You look at like Graham Norton. He's alive and he's gay. Good interviewer. Yeah. But yeah. if you're dead and you're gay, your questions they're not going to be that good. <laughs> Such a shame that Diana stopped being herself until a few years ago, as she comes across so well here. She worked very hard and wanted to be the best that she could be. She's liked and disliked in equal measures. But as respected by everyone. Do you think she's disliked, really? I, I think she. Yeah, people blame. Because she really wanted Florence out and, like, gaslit her. But do you think these days, I reckon if you took a, a poll, if you took an opinion poll, I think Diana Ross would be pretty popular. I think most people don't know about this stuff now. While I was researching an unhinged YouTube comment, I came across unhinged Twitter post. Okay. By Diana Ross. Diana Ross is very active on Twitter. Really? She is, she is basically a shit poster, to be honest with you. Is it sometimes what... boomers get a hold of Twitter and you're like, yeah, come on. So Sometimes old people get, like, so there's like a thing in the last few years where some old people have been on Twitter and I actually think it's kind of fake. I think they're being managed. Yeah, there's a lot of that in wrestling. Iron Sheik. Has a very funny Twitter thing that is not him at all. Yeah, and I'm like, come on, you don't know how to fucking, you don't know how to do this. <laughs> come on. Do you hear what Diana Ross said on Valentine's Day this year? Yes. She said something lovely happened to me today. At Trader Joe's Market, the people at checkout and the person returning my basket were very kind. It was unusual. Most market at checkout are impersonal. And sometimes even harsh. A simple kindness changed my entire day. Made me happy. You spend a Thank lot you. of time in fucking Trader Joe's diner? <laughs> that you can critique the fucking minimum wage staff? 
I've gone right how off weak her. Is, how weak is your self-esteem? <laughs> the check out people are being harsh to, that, to you, Diana Ross? Think people are being harsh to you? How are they even capable of harshness? It's Trader Joe's like a home base. No, Trader Joe's is like a kind of like a bit of an upmarket, uh, not quite a Whole Foods, but more, you know, more than a, a Walgreens, for instance. Okay, uh, so it's a supermarket. I would say it was like Marks and Spencers, but without the British attachment to jacking off over class. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, okay, yeah. I just thought... Tra- maybe talking shape, maybe talking shape. I thought Trader Joe's, I thought it was like a, a DIY. Trader, come on down or Trader Joe's. Yeah. Well, we're learning we're learning stuff all the time. I got a good message on Valentine's Day, actually, um, from um, Kurdish Kebab House, which is a chip shop. <gasps> Um, you love them? That, yeah, they said. Um, Me and Liam had that Kurdish kebab house pizza recently. Well, a couple months ago. Yeah, and it said, um, "Happy Valentine's Day." Why not spoil the one you love with a Kurdish kebab? <laughs> Did you? No, I only saw it on the fifteenth. Oh, good. But then a couple of days later, they emailed saying, "Did you forget <laughs> Valentine's Day? <laughs> Make it up to them with a Kurdish kebab." Why are you uh, getting emails from? How are they even doing it? I thought this was like a small takeaway. Mate, um, they seems they have a PR team. I don't know how the fuck they're doing yeah. it. Get on them for that. Eh? Uh, so there's one. Really there is an interesting thing with the Supremes that I think that the, the kind of time that that it happened, they were like Donna Ross and the Supremes were fucking massive. Yeah, they were the the. When I said the Black Beatles, I mean they were. A hundred percent. Just know, hit after Black hit history. after hit. People went crazy for them. Um, so this was kind of Barry Gordy and, and Maxine Powell. They had a kind of plan um, that worked, which was we want you to appeal to black and white audiences. So we're going to get the white audiences by dressing you in really expensive evening gowns, and we're going to make it look really fancy. and And also, you're gonna you're gonna sing like like beautiful women, if that makes sense. You're, gonna, you're really feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it worked. The Supremes of Go Go knocked um, Revolver by the Beatles off the, the album charts. It was the first um, all female number one album. So massive. But then, as their career continued, what happened was that you suddenly had like the um, a sort of explosion in like sort of gospel, and and you had this sort of lurch towards uh, blackness being more sort of commodified. Um, yeah. And they were actually ended up being seen as kind of like a bit too white and a bit too middle of the road. So yeah. they, they kind of lost the black crowd as their career went on. But then Diana solo stuff definitely brought that back. Well, yeah, because she embraced that sort of, um, that other, like that gospel. Who am I trying to think of here? Like Chic. She's done that one with Chic. Yeah, sorry. They embraced that Aretha Franklin Oh yeah, yeah. Kind sure. of uh, Nina Simone type m- shit. momentum. I can't wait till we get to Nina Simone, man. You love Nina Simone. One of my, one of the best recording artists of all time, and what's your favorite Nina Simone song? What, sorry, what's your favorite Nina Simone song? It's so hard. I, uh, that's really really hard. In a bubble tree. I like that one. The one Kanye West sampled and put all, love, all over it. <laughs> I love Cinnamon. There's like a 12 minute version of Cinnamon, which is just fucking incredible. From start to finish. I asked you what your favourite song is, now what your favourite chaser yes. and the chasers. Hello. Let's chat a bit about Holland Dozier Holland. Yeah. These guys were just incredible songwriters who managed to, you know, catch that sort of lightning in a, a bottle 
we'll write the perfect songs and we've got the perfect people to sing them. Um, they wrote the majority of the Supremes hits. They wrote 10 of the 12 Supremes number one singles. Just to, like when they talk about, you know, this being uh, a factory, it, it really was like Motown Records. Like really, like they really did churn them out, and they churned I was out. Gonna say a lot it's a quality. very emblematic of Motown in general. You know, you got the Ford Factory just like digging them mm. over there, and then it really shows you the Be- the issues with. Uh, Barry Gordy you know. would sit every Friday, and he would have you know whatever groups that week. He'd be brought the tracks that had been recorded, and he would listen to them, and the only ones he would approve were songs that he thought were better than what was currently in the top 20. Um, and that's that's the system. He he, tur- he famously turned down um, What's Going On and The Grapevine uh, by mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye. So, you know, didn't always get it right. But um, To be fair, that guy was shagging his sister. Yeah, so... Um, Whereas he was shagging Diana Ross, so it's like... But the know. system worked, uh, but there was uh, a, a dispute between... Holland, Dozier Holland, uh, about royalties. So they ended up, um, they left. They left and then that was kind Pursued of... them. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of the end of that perfect partnership. Always always to do with money. Huh? I think money's a bad thing. Yeah, me too. I live in the forest and I forage berries. I live in a treehouse that I made out of MDF that I stole from B&Q. From Trader Joe's. I live in one of the, do you know when you go to the B&Q and you go out the back and they've got all the little houses? Little sheds and stuff. I live in one of them. Did you know I worked in home base? Did you? And um, uh, two of the greatest shoplifting scams I've ever heard of. Um, I experienced at home base. Number one, there was a guy who used to come in, grab mm-hmm. like an expensive drill, um, go to the outside area where those sheds are, mm-hmm. and just fuck it over the wall. And he had a mate <laughs> waiting. <laughs> Just That's class. class. Just really. That is class, yeah. This this uh, second one is ingenious, though. Uh, a guy came in, grabbed a plunger, mm-hmm. went to customer service, said, I'd like to return this plunger. Mm-hmm. They said, do you have a receipt? He said, no. <laughs> he said, I can't return it then. They said, okay. And then walked out with it's it. It's been down your stinky toilet, you dirty bastard. And then he, wa- he walked out of a new plunger. Yes. Pretending had it. That's class. Yes, mate. Only works for plungers, unfortunately. <laughs> Listen, if you're if you're in a position where you're stealing plungers, then I'm not going to stop you. Unless you run a shop that exclusively sells one plunger a day, you're in trouble. So yeah, that's um, kind of all the background info that uh, I have from Diana Ross and the Supremes. I, I'm going to be honest; I took a huge resentment this week towards this project uh, <laughs> because of the the anthology or the podcast. The anthology. I love the podcast. Oh. I love our listeners. I like you. Uh-huh. Good. Um, no, but, you know, just, I was annoyed. The thing is, listening, can we talk about the album? Or do you have do you have other features that you want to do first? Uh, I sent you a very cool picture. This is how big the, I sent you a while ago, still look at phone just now. Right. Uh, this is a big example of how big the Supremes were. They had their own line of bread yeah that's right white bread was a new thing in Britain and Barry Gordy whatever deal he struck with the the carbohydrate devils he got 
the band the Supremes, their own line of bread, man. They just had, it was really at the, the I mean, the 60s, it was like the height of early, um, like, bread. M- merch and stuff. Oh. You know, all the superhero, like, figurines and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So there was Supremes figurines, and yeah, at one point there was Supremes bread. I'm going to read you what's on the back of the bread. It's a little bit grainy, so bear with me. Unhinged phenomenon- bread comment. Unhinged bread writing. <laughs> this should become a new feature. I'll write a one minute long uh, jingle for it. We'll right, it one for minute long jingle year. for uh, the reading the back of the tie-in bread releases, and then every week there won't be any, and yet you'll still do the jingle. No, that'd be a stupid thing to do. Why would you ever do something yeah. like that? Right. So this is what it does say on the back of the Supreme's bread. The phenomenon which is the supreme seems to be boundless. Flashing across the horizon, Diana Ross, Mary Wilson and Florence Ballard have marketed themselves indelibly upon the hearts and minds of the world. Thrilling performers, they have achieved the unqualified distinction of being the number one female vocal group in the world, captivating audiences in this country in person at the Philharmonic Hall, the Lincoln Center, the Copacabana, McCormick Place in Chicago or wherever else, or adding to their stature by guest appearances with Ed Sullivan, Sammy Davis, Steve Allen, Red Skelton and Dean Martin, among others on television, these three lovely charmers continue to display the talent and warmth which has resulted in at least six number one best-selling records on the Motown label. Here's what it doesn't say, why the fuck is the face on bread? Yeah, it's just like the opening paragraph of a Wikipedia article on the back of a bread. bread. I know people like to read the back of cereal boxes or whatever when they're eating cereal, but that's what's in the bread? Is there ingredients? Let me see. It's in the flavour saver bag. That was the big thing at the time. Apparently bags before this bag didn't save the flavour. Can we ingredient guess? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Go for it. No, I, can kind no, of I see don't want to. Oh. No. We're not going to play Greedy Guests on the podcast. I don't remember the Greedy Guests theme tune. It's time for Guess the Ingredients. No. That wasn't it. No, nothing like that. Um, For the uninitiated, Greedy Guests was a game show that Chris hosted during lockdown over the uh, streaming platform Twitch in which people... Do you know how a lot of people have mental health problems during lockdown? Mm. That was me. (laughs) People were required to guess the ingredients of Morrison's uh, shopping that Chris had bought. Unbelievably, not only did people watch this, but they enjoyed it. It was great. It shows you the depths of boredom that was reached after eight months of lockdown that people were happy to watch fucking Christopher read the back of a pasta packet and go, Oh, garlic. <laughs> it was good. That was probably the best content I've ever done. No offence to you in this. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, you were saying that we should come up with or we should get our own bread. Enjoy an almond. An almond yeah. loaf. Yes. Uh, we could do a type. What's that type of nan bread that has almonds on it? Um, oh, that's good. I like that. Maybe we should do that. Do you like almonds? That's surprising to me. No, no, I don't. But here's the thing. What about Toblerone? You like Toblerone? Yeah, yeah. It's got almonds in it. Does it? Okay. Almonds, almonds is like your friendly nut. I've been trying because I love going to the park and I love squirrels running up to me and on me and stuff and climbing my legs and stuff. And my girlfriend's like, you should take almonds and then they'll 
be more likely to do it. If you walk past Chris in Glasgow Green, you'll see him with like 15 squirrels just crawling all over him at any one point. People form with the squirrel <laughs> yeah. man and they come from miles around to take pictures of him. I wish. I wish. I love squirrels, man. I've had one up me. Ran up my body. One up you? It ran up me, yeah. Who is it who had to put a squirrel in their bum? Oh, Richard Gere. A wrestler. A wrestler. No, that was a hamster. Right. But the wrestler Sid Vicious, a.k.a. Sid Justice, he uh, he had a squirrel put in his pants and it bit his nutsack and he had to go to hospital. Squirrels like nuts. Squirrels like nuts, baby. Um, okay, so if you decide to listen to this album, you will come across some songs that you know very well. There are, there are many yeah. songs here which are woven into the fabric of pop history. There is Stop! In the name of love, I'll be for you. There's, songs, there's two songs that are already on the playlist. There's Baby Love, <laughs> My Baby Love. Uh, How did we... What? How's that in the playlist? Because from the Ronettes. The Ronettes did it as well? Yeah. Yes, they did. They did. Yeah. If you'd ever listened to the playlist, you'd know that very well. No, I've started listening to it now that Jed has uh, put up an Apple Music version of um, it. This Old Heart of Mine is, is on here on this um, anthology as well, which we put on on the, the Isley Brothers, I think. I love you. They don't have that cool Isley Brothers thing. Where he goes, da, 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 which I was a big fan of when they done it. It's like that. You can't hurry, love. Ooh, you just have to wait. Is it love? They say love. love don't come easy. It's a game of give and take. Like it is, like, there is show. a tour of the greatest ever Motown songs in here. However, mm-hmm. you have to go. It is it, you have to take the scenic route. Uh, and I wish they just put these twelve songs. Check out the I mean, this what was what was some ones where um where you hadn't heard it that you liked? Is there any stuff like that? Um, there's a song actually that I will end up my playlist pick. Spoiler alert! And that oh. is um, I, I hear a symphony, which I just love. Yeah, I hear a symphony when you speak to me. I think it's beautiful. Yes. Um, same kind of vibe as uh, what was that? Parades play. When you walk by, by magnetic fields, where it's like every time I see you, it's like a parade's going by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same kind of all-encompassing. Or, um, you, or the, the Black Parade by up. My Chemical Romance. When I was a young boy, you can do a better my impression, father, man. he took me to see the Supremes in no, concert. Come on, you can do a better impression, that. When I was a young boy, my father took me That's into the city. That's your impression of me. That's not your impression of Jared Wee. You are I think Jared, I believe they are on this list with that album. I hope they are. They should be. I cannot wait till we get to rock music. Good rock music from when I was a boy. My Chemical Romance. Good rock music. Good rock music. Yes. You, you've got good rock your music. Your brain has become poisoned. Uh, your brain has been poisoned by Pitchfork, alright? <laughs> you read too much Pitchfork uh, to know what good music is and isn't. Anyway, uh, my favourite song that I had never heard of, second track. Uh, one of this, this is so this was before the Supremes hit, and they were still experimenting with the lineup. This is my BBF, Florence Bollard. She's taking the reins. 
She does lead vocals on Buttered Popcorn, a song wrote by Barry Gordy, who I didn't even fucking know wrote songs. I could see why I stopped, because it's fucking gross. Mm. <laughs> Buttered Popcorn, right? So this is in the great kind of lineage of pop songs that are about licking fannies, basically, right? Watermelon sugar. Uh, Watermelon sugar. Watermelon yeah. sugar. Ooh. And Just Like Honey by Jesus and Mary Chain. Just Listen like honey. To uh, the world. Just like honey. Ooh. As she takes on half the world. It doesn't make sense though because buttered popcorn, so it'd be more like uh, like popcorn is more like a nutsack. Crunchy. It's more like a nutsack yes. than it is a, a vagina. Well, here's my interpretation. So this is written by Barry Gordy, right? Who was in a dalliance with Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. So he's writing this song for her and it's like, there's a bit that really freaks me out. We sing till I get to it. So in, in Just Like Honey, it's like, oh, fanny batter, that's like sweet. Or, you know. If they've been eating uh, okra. <laughs> if they've been eating okra, horny, horny. Uh, or like, in Just Like Honey, it's like, oh, her fanny's dripping like honey is sweet. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. It's gross, but it's the, you know, it's, it's a euphemism, right? I don't but think the female butter- body is gross, actually, Christopher. No, it's not gross, but it's well, gross it's, to be a guy who's like, it's gross to be a guy who's like, female sexuality. Love. I think it's liberating, personally. But No, it's obviously it's incredibly liberating and women are perfect, right? But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> to be a guy who's like, I love eating fannies, it tastes great. It's like, come on, man, that's, yeah. that's a gross thing. Buttered right? popcorn as well. I don't think that's a compliment. Well, here's the bit in the song that made me go, wait, is he talking about that? Because he's like, he likes it greasy and sticky and gooey and salty. And I'm like, wait, what? Greasy. Greasy? Greasy. Greasy? A greasy fanny? You get none? I love, and I love that as well. greasy fanny. So to me, it's like, <laughs> right, Barry Gordy's wrote this? Yeah. Is Barry Gordy a cook? That's what I'm saying. Does he like his lady partners to go out in the town, get full of buttered popcorn, and come home and he eats it? Wait, wait, what? 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 Let's just move on, man. I'm saying what I'm saying, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into it. I'm just saying this song's disgusting. The and I love it. the production of a lot of this. This is like, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm moving on. Yeah, good. Because I don't want to think any more about the insinuation. You just Barry Gordy's come eaten. Yeah. Good. Why did you have to say it? I have to say that because <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it because it was clear. He wrote. He wrote the song. No, but it was very clear. You didn't have to spell it out. That's why I decided to move on. I was like, because he's going to start talking about Barry Gordy's fucking cum eating, which isn't a thing. <laughs> this 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 podcast has been too horny over the last few weeks. The horny police are on the way. This in a, I'm not bonk bonk. I'm fair enough, right? But I'm not saying that. Go to horny jail. I'm just. I'm not going to horny jail because I'm calling him out. I'm bonking Barry Gordy in the head, and I think he's still alive. And if he is, I'm going to send him to jail. That's too horny. Buttered popcorn. Jesus Christ! Why are you talking about crunchy? Popcorn's crunchy. Yeah, it's not. It's, Come on. it's not a compliment, is it? No, I couldn't. That's track two, right? I get to track 40, I'm an hour and a half in, and I'm like, what was he talking about with that fucking bottom popcorn, man? <laughs> really, really too much. What do you think? What were you saying about the production? It's good. It's like, this is early. I mean, this is, it's, it's, 
around the time of basically all these sixties tracks, like uh, you know, we've gone into like, Phil Spector's Wall of Sound and um, Beach Boys. Yes, the Wall of Sound. Um, Even though that Beach Boys album was an exception and an improvement on the methodology of the Wall of Sound. No, totally. But the, the idea is that uh, is that this whole era is when people really started to think about. Mm-hmm. Really start to think about that and experiment with it, and and you can hear that on some of the songs here, like um, that the start I love you sang it earlier, the start to um, you keep me hanging off. And um, and stopping the name of love, there's that cool fucking melodic bit at the beginning of that. I tweeted that I was like, what's that sound at the start? It's, it's just a guy playing the the mellotron apparently organ and going aglisando it's called. Um, uh, it's cool. Yeah. I will say this about the production on this album. Let's hear it. Um, you know, in the early two thousands, there was something in production called the loudness war, where people were trying to make CDs as loud as possible, so they would cut out the mids. And they would crank up the bass, and they would crank up the treble, and scoop out the sound. So as the sound wave was scooped, and that would, when you played it, it made it a lot louder, right? And that was because it was in CD players. And you had albums like Franz Ferdinand's debut album, which was mixed in defiance of loudness was. So people would have been listening to that. Their iPods going, "Why is this album so quiet?" It's because they wanted things to sound the way they did in the past. But I was reading this thing that was saying this music was designed to come out of jukeboxes. Mm. So it was also, it's really, it's like what we were talking about when Al Green had that, uh, he wasn't Motown, he was Memphis Soul, which was dead, crunchy, thick slabs of fucking uh, jammed out soul. This is a wee bit different, but there is still a crunch to the drums, man, you know, and it is designed to cut through, which fair enough, because now, I don't know about you, but a lot of time I listen to music just on my phone. Do you? Yeah. Out that wee, out the At the speaker? Yeah. You call yourself a music journalist? I put, no, I don't, but I put it in my shirt pocket. Christopher. And I just walk about like an old man. Come on. That's cool. Works with music like this because it's designed to be listened to like that. Come on. Not out of a shitty tinny phone speaker. It sounds good. You deserve better than that, man. Don't do that to yourself. Yeah, I agree. I have a Sony WX three one hundreds, um, and they're this is like shit hot fucking sound quality. This is treat your ears, give your ears a treat. A lossless MP fives or something, bro? Or you listen to fucking Spotify? You got your flak files downloaded? I have I have high quality mode on Spotify. Right. Okay. Which is still, which is pretty good to be honest. Not as good as. Tidal. I think it's as you get CD quality on Spotify. Right, okay, fair enough. Um, Tidal was best, and I, I I am considering moving over to Tidal, but it would be the death of um my my the the the, the playlist. I don't know how to keep to updating it. Ethical behavior is impossible in a capitalist society. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, look, there's just so many. It's just hard. It's just so hard to comment on an, uh, an album. We basically have to completely restructure the way in which we like uh, provide commentary on an album mm-hmm. when they put these anthologies in. So, like, I, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I did say, like that there was a shape, you know, there was a shape to it. Mm-hmm. Starts off the early stuff, and then the last, the last track is 
uh, a live version of the. I do like when an album has a live version at the end. I think that's yeah, cool. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. And this is amazing because I think that when they were recording it, there's a microphone in the crowd right next to the wrong guy. Because he's wait, there's one guy and the crowd is ordering a hot way dog. Too loud. No, it's like, uh, <laughs> so she starts off, she goes, I'd like to sing a song that's um, very. Uh, extra pickles on that and mustard. Yeah, thanks. Actually, know, how, long, how, long is left? how long is left of this? I, I like them, but uh, I got to get home. I got hot dogs at home, too. <laughs> uh, guy who loves eating hot dogs. Uh, new character. For new character on the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what? What happened to his voice? <laughs> he's, he's, he's had a hard time. No, so uh, she's like, I'd like to sing a song that's very emblematic of the last um, couple of years and how lucky we've been. I'd like to sing you The Impossible Dream. And the guy in the crowd goes, oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, come on. Yeah, that's good. And then at the end, it, they, they sing it. And it's amazing. And people are applauding all the way through. It's so beautiful. She's singing about how impossible dream of becoming a professional singer not, not only being realized but she's also the biggest singer in america at the time basically and then uh, she sings at the end and then at the end the guy goes more more and it's like bro it's called encore all right i'm no bravo just, bravo more more I'm more, more. Bravo. encore <laughs> again different language to do this again more music more music. No. And also, by the way, see when you're two and a half hours in an album, you hear that guy go, more. Go, <laughs> you're like, shut the fuck up, man. Shut the fuck you're up. You're saying this, but you you are from the, the birthplace of uh, one mayor tune. One mayor tune. I was, I, was, I, I, I was in Cardiff at the weekend there, and the comedians from the show went to a bar afterwards called Porters, and we saw a live band, a soul band, and at the end of the, Say it. People started chanting, "One more song, one oh. more song." And yeah. I was like, "What? One more song? One more tune?" They're nobody, Welsh. Nobody They're Welsh, man. I mean, great country. One, one more song. I love. Who was it? Who um who tweeted about um in Glasgow where they go? Uh, uh, here we fucking go. Here we, here we, here we fucking go. And there was some musician or something who tweeted why is it whenever i'm in glasgow people always sing billy 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 fucking idol yeah i don't know it they thought it was that billy 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 fucking idol okay we're gonna play white wedding then yeah <laughs> um right okay let's do this quiz quiz are you ready for a quiz which is the is the theme song grown on you for quiz? I think it's my second least favorite feature. Which of what's your least favorite? The uh, the the so far pointless tattoo woohoo or tattoo boohoo. We're two guys reviewing what? tattoos. No, 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 we're no, gonna no, no, Google no. it search and then we choose if it's tattoo woohoo or tattoo boohoo. You're judging the ink, yeah, that's what we do. Boost evil face tats, big skull or wing patch. You pick the design, is it bad or just fine? A dragon or a skull, pretentious or dull. You cannot hide, and we will decide if it's tattoo woohoo or tattoo boohoo. 
Right, so we do this now then. Diana Ross doesn't have any tattoos, so let's go back in a quiz. The thing about the quiz is it's called Who and the Who's? I'm going to give you the name of an artist, just like how Diana Ross was... The Supremes were changed from The Supremes to Diana Ross and the Supremes by Betty Godley's Come Thirsty Madness. (laughs) 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 So they became Diana Ross and The Supremes. So I'm going to give you the name of an artist and going to tell me who is there and the hearts. Right. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. Nick Cave and the... Bad Seeds. Who? Bad Seeds, correct. One out of five. Bruce Springsteen and the... Oh, fuck. Nope. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> it's not Bruce Springsteen and the... Oh, fucks. Although that would be cool. I've gone blank. My mind's gone blank. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Of course. Of course. One out of five. But that's a band. That's not and the Who's. That's not. Is. No, no, it'd be E Street Bands. You've messed with your tenses there. You fucked it up. Okay, I'll give you it. I'll give you it because it's. Okay, fair enough. It's not the same as the rest of them. Florence and the. Machine, but same problem, but okay. Three out of five. It's not the same problem. It's very different. It's not the Machine Band, is it? You it's clock. not the Machines, though, is it? Buddy Holly and the. Is it, um, oh. Oh, he doesn't know. Is it, uh, no, I'm thinking of Tom Pitt and the Heartbreakers. Buddy Holly and, uh, I don't know. I'll give you a, a hint. <laughs> Squeakers. Yep. No, it's Buddy Holly and the Crickets. That was my impression of a cricket. That was a cricket? Yeah. Dreadful. You do an impression of a cricket, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bed that someone sat on. <laughs> it's quite hard to do a cricket noise. Yeah, it is. And I tried my best. And you gave me absolute guff for it. So, three out of five, mm. sort of. And here's one. Smokey Robinson and the... um And the Miracles. Oh, he done it. He got it right. There we go. Well done. Is that all Sort of. Four out of five, yeah. All right, what about uh, Gladys Knight and the... Pippies. The Pips. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, Mike and the... Mechanics. Yeah. Um, did you just riff in these? This is good. Yeah, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah, I did say that a minute ago. Yes, you did. So that's how I know that. Um, and that's as many as I can. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Nailed it. Yeah. Well done. We're good at this, aren't we? Two guys who are good at stuff. Two guys. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's fun. Right. I do feel like the 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 tattoo. That's that's good that we start. That was like a. Uh, a segment sandwich you know we started quiz went into tattoo woohoo finished tattoo woohoo and then we finished quiz I like that yeah it's a lot more brevity than this fucking anthology had bottom line yeah this was the non-returning because it didn't make any sense okay because it's the same as when we say did you enjoy an album do you remember we discussed that well now we're putting it where it should be where it's always been but now it has a theme Okay, the bottom line is, um, if you like... Mo- Did you enjoy an album? If- no. <laughs> if you like Motown and you want an introduction to Motown, go and listen to... Something else. The Best of Motown. Mm-hmm. There's like loads of like classic Motown compilations that you should listen to above this. If you like Diana Ross, go listen to a Diana Ross record. If you like the Supremes, go and listen to Diana Ross and the Supremes. Don't 
bother your ass listening to two and a half hours. This is for completionists. If you love Diana Ross and the Supremes, but you specifically, hate Bollard and you hate the people who replaced Diana Ross, then and you hate Diana Ross's solo stuff. This is for you. Yeah, but otherwise, just you know, that person doesn't exist. Yeah, like uh, I, I think. You, if you're going to listen to a compilation, listen to a Motown compilation. If you're going to listen to an album, listen to an album. There's no point listening to a, a compilation of one specific Motown artist. Having said that, mm. does this anthology have more great songs than probably any other record I've listened to so far? Well, yeah. Yes. Like I say, I reckon if you chose the 12 best songs from this and had it as an album, it would blow every other album so far out of the fucking water. But you don't have that. There's a fictional album that we're talking about. Well, you've essentially asked this. If this album was the, actually the best album of all time, do you think it would be the best album of all time? Great question. So, uh, you know... The, the, so now it's the bottom line. Did you enjoy an album, Liam? <laughs> <laughs> no! What? No! Stop asking me! No! You did that with better, didn't you? I, I, I liked the bits that I liked. Yeah. I hated the process of listening to it. Mm-hmm. You know, choose 12 songs, put it in a playlist, call it the best of Diana Ross and the Supremes. Boom. I love that album. That that I enjoy. Buttered Popcorn was so deranged in its horniness mm-hmm. and such a specific type of horniness that every time I listen to the album, which is like a six disc thing, uh... That would be number two, and I would listen to it and go, oh, God, I couldn't stop thinking about it the whole way through. Yeah, and it's ruined. Berry God is... Uh... I'm, I'm never going to eat buttered popcorn again without thinking of um, Berry Gordy. Berry Gordy prone at the foot of the bed waiting yeah. for his supper to come home. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm never going to fucking... No, I won't say that. Nah, Vice either. versa. Mm-hmm. Um, right, let's play this pick. Choose a song from the album. I don't know. I'm tempted to put buttered popcorn on it, to be honest with you. Well, but, and uh, ruin the rest of the playlist whenever you listen to it. Ruin the playlist. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm going to take a wee, uh, I would say, God, Where Did I Love Go was incredible. Uh, Stop in the Name of Love was incredible. You Keep Me. I'm going to put on You Keep Me Hanging On. The guitar player in this record, I can't remember his name. I think his name was, it wasn't Ernie Everly because that was the guy in the Everly Brothers, mm-hmm. but it was a guy, and his lines are scrumptious. Um, I'm gonna go with um, I hear a symphony, Symph- symphony. Can't say that word, symphony. Uh-huh. Great choice. What's your uh, non-album pick? What is the pick inspired by the album that you've decided to add to the playlist? I'm actually falling a bit short here, beyond just putting on another song from the album. But you can't. Well, yeah, we want, we want. We put on two songs from an album if we want. No, you can't. Has that ever been decided? I'm sure we've yes. done that before. No, we've done a four-song pick from the artist but it has to be your, 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 your bonus picks have to be from other projects how are you going to find that Diana Ross and the Supreme song that isn't included in this although there are a few tracks that were dropped off the 1986 version for the 2001 version which is what we listened to so you could actually do it 
Um, yeah, no, there's the weird um, Someday We'll Be Together. They've got the alternate mix on here, whereas I'd like mm-hmm. to put on the original. How about that? They've got a weird, cool. they've got a weird <laughs> non-good version of that song on this album, whereas the original is the number one Diana Ross and the Supremes song on Spotify. So there you go. All right. Eat that, you Berry Gordy. You keep me Gordy. hanging on my choice. You keep me hanging on from the album as the alternate mix. It doesn't have the pan in between the two sides on the chicken i think mm. i think it's a mono mix what's that uh, noise you Matt- made it sounded like fucking cotton eye joe i've been hanging a long time ago cotton where did joe, you come from where did you go good i'd be up for that my playlist pick uh a queer punk rock project inspired by ghetto groups uh hunks and his punks was a kind of girl group thing with a, a guy with a mustache called Hunks as the singer, and it's a very sixties inspired, two thousands indie rock record, and is a track by him called Lovers Lane. I wanna go, I wanna go to Lovers Lane. Yeah, yeah. Not and he gets these, He gets these three girls. This to is do a look how cool I am. Band. This isn't. It's a... not. It's not. Not in, not even in the remotely remotest bit inspired by the chat we've had. All the bands you've mentioned in the last hour and twenty minutes, and that are you having a laugh? Quez. It's a girl group. Yeah, that's it. That's the connection. Oh, uh, I'm from Dagenham. I'm going to put on. Um, actually, I'm going to put on uh, one of the songs that's already on the album. What the fuck are you talking about? It makes more sense than what you're fucking doing. A, a girl group is the connection. That's the worst yeah. connection you've ever done in a year. It's been a year. Of bad connections. That's oh, not the worst. I, it, the, this is Daniel Bedingfield was worse connection just because we brought him up. Yeah, I could have brought him up. I could have. I could have had him as one. I could have had that as a wee spicy quiz question. I chose not to because I, I knew you wouldn't get it. No offense. I'm I'm not offended. So I've not. I'm heard. trying to queerify this playlist, alright? I'm trying to make it a more diverse thing. You just want to fucking you. slip in things to make yourself seem cool, and it's pathetic. I see you. I this see is you. one of my favorite I songs. See you from time. a mile away. This is one of my favourite songs of all time. It is a That's 60s... interesting because we've spoken for about 55 to 60 hours about music over the last year and I've never heard you bring it up. Ever. Never heard the band. Ever. What are your favourite songs? Shut the fuck up. It is one of my favourite songs. I have many favourite songs. I love music, unlike you, who hates music and you just want to watch it burn and you want to talk about Benny Gordy's proclivities and I'm fed up. Personally though, great week. And <laughs> what's happening next week? Um, who we listen to next week? Next week we have Roberta Flack with her record. I don't know the name of it. This is your I job. don't know the name of it either. Oh, for yep. God's okay. sake! Let's look up. What's it called? One job. One job a week, and I don't do it. You actually do. More, you actually do more than one job a week. You do you do a, a lot of stuff? I want to be. I, I want to be completely honest here. You, we 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 both carry our separate burdens, and you do you do first take. It's good. It's called. First take by Roberta Flack. Coming up next week. Very excited to listen to that. Uh, yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, and uh, we hope you have enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed listening to it. Which was not Don't a lot. say that. I hope you, you're basically saying I hope you hated this record. I hope, I hope you found this episode hope you hated this podcast. too long, bloated and unnecessary. That's my review of this it. podcast and the album. Okay, my review of the podcast and the album. Unnecessarily horny when it came to popcorn, <laughs> but overall, delicious. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
have a great week and we'll catch you next week for Roberta Flack with First Take. That's been us for Enjoy It All. Oh, <laughs>